Pokemon. Thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast. Podcast focusing on all things pro soccer in the DMV and across the USA. When applicable. This is Jose Omanya, sports writer for the Sports Post. And joining me as always, Mario Maya from Etipo Latino. Mario, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Did you know we got spotted in the press box last night? <laughs> I mean... It's not like we're high, we're hidden like behind some trees or whatever. I think anyone could see us. This is true, but shout out to Romel for uh, spotting us in the press box last night. <laughs> yes, number one fan. Uh, put it out there on Instagram. I like uh, not being identified, though. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> he identified me, which is the fun part. But anyway, shout out to you, man. Uh, thanks for showing love. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thanks for showing love tomorrow. Greatly appreciate it. I'm glad he gets his shine on. Uh, we'll get it. Speaking of a shine, we'll we'll get into the NWSL getting its uh, EA Sports shine in a second. But we have to talk about what we witnessed last night. Uh, we are recording this on a Sunday, early Sunday. Uh, probably kind of sleep deprived because of the mid- uh, daylight saving. However, we no were shout able out to daylight savings time. But we were able to witness DC United get earn a 1-1 draw against Orlando City SC, thanks in large part to a late goal by uh, former homegrown Chris Durkin, who uh, was able to get a light-footed uh, strike from outside the penalty area to beat uh, goalkeeper Pedro Galeses, who had coming into the game had been had a perfect record for the 2023 year. Um, Wayne Rooney kind of mentioned it during the press conference. This was a match that because of the six changes done by Orlando heading into this game due to its uh, CONCACAF Champions League commitment, this was a game that D.C. United really should have taken advantage of. And D.C. had most of the attack early on, but weren't able to convert until that 80th minute uh, strike. Mario, from your vantage point, what did you think of DC United's overall performance? I think their performance was really great. They were able to push the, they were able to just attack. They were the more attacking team throughout the 90 minutes. It's just the main problem that they found was just finishing in the final third. And that kind of affected them because if it weren't, honestly, if it weren't for two great saves by Pedro Galese, the uh, DC United would have been up by 2 nothing at the very least going into halftime. But I think it was a hard-fought uh, draw. I feel like they could have done a little more. But other than that, they played really well. I think the substitution patterns were pretty good, especially bringing in Yamil Assad in the middle of the second half. He was able to just give give a little more of a a little more of a lifeline to the and a little more of a jolt to the attack when coming in. So I think he played really well. But other than that, yeah, I kind of agree with Wayne. This was a game that they could have they could have won. Uh, they should have won. But I think the draw really doesn't do it justice. But it was a pretty but it was a pretty a pretty uh, hard fought draw at home against Orlando, a team that was coming into this into this week having played in Monterrey against Tigres and earning a, a 0-0 draw out of there and them kind of think now looking forward to a CONCACAF Champions League game on Wednesday night. Yeah, I, I, you know, first off, 
shot you have to men, one has to mention you know united also made some changes uh some that were required due to injury others for rest uh, Victor paulson did not play uh from what we understand he did not pick up a knock he was in on the bench it was more of a fatigue thing he had been playing center back uh for two straight games which is not his natural position uh derrick williams who was picked up in the, uh, during the offseason was added. He got his first start next to uh, Steve Birnbaum. And then you had Ruan come in for Andy Nahar, which was more of an injury reason. As we come to find out, we, we learned it prior to the game that he had picked up a knock. And now the Washington Post has uh, reported uh, during the match that it's a hamstring ailment. Uh, he will be reevaluated before the next upcoming match. So hopefully Andy's able to come back because, you know, I think one of the things that led to the lack of scoring by United was it's um, not just its inability to finish, but it's different ways to create attack. You saw the coup, the, uh, Ted Kuti Pietro, he had a couple of moments, especially early on in about the seventh minute where he had a uh, shot right in front of Orlando's goal, but it was quickly blocked thanks to a cross by Ruan. And Benteke had multiple opportunities. He was muscling defenders early. He was sending a statement that this was going to be the day he was going to make make it impossible for him to, them to defend. I thought his uh, his movement on the ball, you know, his hold-up play was excellent. I thought that he was able to bring in the wing backs very easily. Uh, Chris Durkin, He's more and more every day uh, shutting people up who don't believe he should be on this team or even the start or that he should be converted into a wing back, left back role. Him in that weird 6-8 position that he's playing uh, really has opened up the door to multiple opportunities. Wayne kind of mentioned in the press conference he wants Durkin to be more attacking, which is funny because in the first two games, Andy was the attack guy. But we can clearly see that Durkin adds a different element. He's more of a speed uh, addition when he plays that role and when Ruan steps back. I think Ruan is going to be more of the dangerous key, but for this game in particular, Ruan was very much more of a defensive uh, stronghold compared to Durkin. And Durkin was more of the attacking threat. He had multiple opportunities where he was outrunning defenders. Uh, He made a cross around the 28th minute uh, right at perfect cross to Benteke was able to get a shot off but Galeses got the the best save of the game in my opinion um but Durkin was making crosses after crosses too many times where to the point where you're wondering is Orlando paying attention uh who's paying attention were they not you know uh, aware of their deficiencies but come to find out uh Wayne Rooney mentioned in the press conference it was something that they were preparing for and how they were looking at the way Orlando set up. So United came very prepared. It was just lacking those opportunities and and lacking the scoring. And that lack of scoring touch, you know, we can quibble about it. It's getting there shortly, you know, slowly but surely. But at some point, it will get tiresome for fans. I like it because it shows that there's opportunity. That every time DC United's attack goes forward, it's going to be a threatening attack. And I think that that was missed in certain ways. Uh, something that the fans enjoyed under the Hernando Sada era and that 
weird roller coaster offense, uh, high octane. We're going to come at you with this very speedy, pacey attack. But I think with this attack, there's a sense of purpose. There's a sense of uh, dynamism. You know, the only thing it's missing is like those playmaker changes. And we're going to expect those when Taxi comes back, when Andy's at 100%, dribblers that can help. Uh, Jai is another good, great game, uh, but he's clearly not the dribbler that people thought he could be. But he his speed adds another dimension. He's a very good, skilled defender. And so that was something, again, in the uh, in the Hernan Lozada era, and at times with the way and Ben Olsen, you just never had that consistency on both wings. And so overall, I thought United played well to earn a result like you mentioned but goals goals are the things that that make victories happen you could defend your ass off but you need to score if you don't score you don't win and so in this case united really lacked the goal touch we'll get to a possible move that maybe could help we're not sure but uh they need to focus on getting that to be more clinical in the final third right and i mean uh, there's a quote out there that says pressure makes diamonds and DC United certainly pressuring on the ball and going on to the attack. I think Durkin outside on the wing has been a pretty big revelation. I don't, I never really considered Chris Durkin much of a winger. I considered him more of a center midfielder, but he is adding a, an element to this attack that pretty much could create more opportunities. Jaez, I think in the first three games, I've been impressed with his play. Yes, he's not the biggest dribbler in the world, but he is able to pretty much bring an extra threat. I think the final the final touch is missing, but I feel like that's going to get corrected as the season gets along, goes along. I know some people are like, "Well, we need more goals from Christian Benteke," but when you're, I, I which is kind of true, but at the same time, the way that Christian Benteke is playing, he's been playing pretty solid. I just pretty much. Uh, giving other guys other uh giving other guys looks at goal. And so I think that's the one thing that DC United has always been lacking and it's just that it is that finishing touch. Other than that, everything else is there. They're creating opportunities. They're pretty much they pretty much put Orlando in a lot of uncomfortable positions defensively throughout the game. But once again, it all goes for naught once you're once the final third once that final touch if that final touch isn't all the way there. But I think that's something that can improve with through time without time throughout time and throughout as the season progresses. But I think that the other other thing that is un, heavily understated is uh, Ruan was playing against his old team, and I feel like that's part of the reason why he was pretty much a, a lot more defensive. Than what you would think he that uh that you would think he would be uh, coming into this game, but I feel like he played a pretty so- pretty solid defensively. Him and Derek Williams were able to contain what little attack Orlando had, and ironically enough, Orlando's goal comes off a cross. It was a it was a cross from uh, blanking on the name, but it was it was just this. Weird sequence of a cross of the cross of a cross, then a header inside the box, and McGuire was just so happy to be there to tap it in. And DC United was got tired of creating crosses at nauseum and just weren't able to connect. 
Yeah, and 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 I think United, and again, it was mentioned in the presser, and Chris Durkin kind of mentioned it um, during his quick media availability that, you know, the result, the reason the result hurts is that they believe they could, had they converted one or two of those opportunities, they would have won the game. Like, it, it, it is what it is. They think that they could have won the game, and you get Orlando one opportunity, and they they pounce on it, and you're now playing flat-footed and trying to catch up, and it's not a position that teams want to be in all the time. Like, it, it's understandable if you're playing a team that's better. You want to play – you got to play catch-up because they scored on you first, so there's a surprise. You, United needs to finish on the final in the final third. If anything, that's probably explaining why they lined up uh, at kickoff the way they did. Uh, it's very similar. I want to say if um, Arsenal was playing a game against somebody recently and they did the exact same thing, got a goal in under 10 seconds because they all lined up in like a football formation, like flat football. Everybody's a wide receiver. Go go deep, and essentially that's what you had here where. Everybody went deep, and Tyler Miller with the worst straight kick on planet Earth with little wind at the moment of kickoff to no one. <laughs> it kind of left the attack, you know, chasing a ball out of bounds. But the, the dead explains, like, how much DC United wanted to get in the front foot, try to get a goal early. Um, if anything, I thought it was more important than Orlando that United get a goal in the first 10 minutes of the second half and then to get beat in the 53rd the way they did. But again, I, I do think that some of the injuries are are a key factor in United lacking the scoring touch. While Andy Nahar is not a great shot, per se, to have him as a threat is always important, and it keeps people looking at him, marking him, putting two men on him, versus and then getting the ball to the people who are better at goal, like a Tati Funtas, like a, a Click, like a Benteke. Durkin, you know, not for nothing. That left footer was. <laughs> First off, his left, his weaker foot, like it was, it was. I believe so. In that angle, you don't really kick left, and so to kick it, he hit it perfectly. Like that was the only way you're going to be Pedro Galeses if you you kick it perfectly. He bent it in the right angle, and you know he kind of described it to us. I'm I'm happy that he got the goal. There was no one that I thought deserved that goal more than him, and. Um, he's been probably their most underrated player the whole season. Uh, but but that's because you don't really look and pay attention to duels fought. You don't pay attention to the defensive work weight of a def- of a midfielder because they have to track back while Andy does the flares and does the play and helps with the attack. But in this game in particular, with Ron playing more of a reserve role, I thought it was perfect. If anything, I think Chris Durkin has mastered the ability to allow his wingbacks to shine, but also help with Knauss in the middle, provide that extra uh, strength in the middle of the field uh, physically as well as when he's asked to push forward. And so I think he's kind of mastered it. I, I understand that he said that he wants to get better at it. He feels that there are some places that he can fix. But overall, I thought, and I think, he's been DC United's unsung hero the first 
all three games this season. Yeah, that's true. It also brings up a pretty healthy competition in the center midfield role between him, Russell Kadaus, and Victor Paulson. I, uh, Wayne has stated in the press conference after the game that this was one of Russell Kadaus's best games so far. And I kind of agree. He, he's, he's been that anchor in the midfield of sorts between the defense and the offense. And so it, it cre- now with Durkin coming into his own through, at, in the beginning of the season, it just creates that question of who's going to be your starting center midfield pairing in this system. And it's looking more and more like it's going to be Durkin and Canals. So that you've got to ask yourself, what? how does Victor Paulson get, get his spot back or some kind of a significant role under Wayne Rooney? Exactly. We'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, the next game coming up is DC and I versus the, the New York City FC. That game is to take place at Yankee Stadium on March 18th. Uh, we'll definitely discuss it in the next uh, episode. And hopefully, DC United is able to find the back of the net much more easier. Yes, Yankee Stadium is such a weird stadium to play in. But for some reason, there's one or two things that happen at DC United and Yankee Stadium. Either they score a lot of goals and it's still a loss or a tie, or they get blown out. It's just like it's one of the There's other no in between. Outside of the very first time they went to Yankee Stadium, because I was there, where it was a back and forth affair and United should have won. It was a 2 1 victory for New York. It it hasn't been that cagey ever since. It has not. It's been it's it's one or the other, and it's the field, it's the weird atmosphere because it's a baseball stadium. It's all of the above. So it, it kind of similar to this game where Orlando had so many changes, but United should have gotten the result in the next game. United should get the result, but I expect a lot of weird factors to come in play. Oh, yeah, it's never easy to play at Yankee Stadium. And, yes, D.C. United did get their first road win of this, uh, ever against New York City FC last season. you got to remember that was at Red Bull Arena. So I feel like this is going to be one of these games where you're going to have to throw caution at the wind when it comes to playing New York City FC at Yankee Stadium. And, I, and also New York City FC in general playing at Yankee Stadium is kind of a weird one because they're used to it. Yeah, you should be like, well, you know, you played there so many times. You should get used to the atmosphere and the field of Yankee Stadium. No, it's not that easy. You're playing at a baseball stadium. The dimensions are all the way weird. And so I think DC United could get a draw out of there, but I'm I'm just saying that uh, more, for, more as of like, okay, this is of being a little more of an optimist of an optimist, but it should be a pretty decent game. An optimist. That's very nice of you. And that kind of goes into DC United's transfer policy right now, because right now they're trying to be optimistic about getting Nottingham Forest as Lewis O'Brien, who originally rumored uh, by the athletic uh, earlier this week would be coming into DC United on a loan. He had originally joined, uh, Nottingham Forest after leaving once promoted from the championship to the Premier League, but a move was tried to be made in January to get him out. However, that deal collapsed, and now he's looking to come to D.C. It's unclear exactly um, what kind of deal he would come in, 
But according to the Washington Post, he is scheduled to arrive this upcoming week uh, for a physical. Uh, barring any complications, he'll return back to England to wait out the visa process before being eligible to play in MLS. The visa process usually takes a few weeks. Uh, if you guys remember Taxi Funtas, uh, it took a couple of weeks uh, to get him in. Um, his loan would only run through mid the MLS midseason in the summer, more than likely around when preseason begins for the Premier League around uh, late July or early August. Um, at that point, United would have the option to purchase his contract, which is valued around $10 million, ex- seek to extend the loan or allow him to rejoin Forrest, depending if they're in the Premier League or down at the championship. Well, that's a different topic to discuss, but he would rejoin Forrest. United hasn't publicly commented on this. Uh, again, these were originally reports from The Athletic that were later confirmed by The Post and other media outlets. Um, Mario, what are your thoughts on this? I, I, of all the players that I, I, I one, it's an available player, so I'm not surprised. But two, I'm looking at what you mentioned earlier. There's a lot of center midfielders on this squad. Is this a case of, you know, I, I think I saw Jason Anderson mention he's available. Let's get him while we can. Um, we'll figure out the lineup when he gets here. Or is he a guy that they need? I, I don't know. I, I really am kind of confused about the deal just by positionally. It just sound it just sounds like so like he's available. Let's get him. The only major issue I have with this is. There's an abundance of center midfielders that we have. If you're not remembering correctly, one of the center midfielders that we have wants to get out of the club because he's not getting the playing time he seeks in Ravel Morris. So if that's what it totally sounds like. It's He's available. Let's get him. We have a bunch of center midfielders. Okay, we'll figure this out once we get, once we get there. So yeah, that's what it sounds like. I, don't, I think me and you both... Or like who who is Lewis O'Brien? Kind of did a little bit of research, but yeah, it's a center mid. It just sounds like he's available at the moment, and it seems like a short term fix. Fix more than a long term solution. I like to always, you know, shout out our boy uh, Stephen Golf from the Post because he normally he has some good insight most of the time from what the point what what the team specifically is thinking. Even though we're there, we talk to people. Clearly, golf always has more of an insight of exactly what they're thinking in terms of this move. And and his story clearly states that O'Brien would partner up with Clishin Mayfield uh, along to help with Benteke and Funtas. So we could kind of imagine he'd either play that wing role in that 4-3-3 or a bit of that weird, funky, if you played FIFA, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a 4 to to do like all the way around but it allows the center midfielders to kind of roam and from wherever they want while you keep two uh holding in the back um i think the way they're playing now with durkin i don't see that more feasible if anything i think it's more that four three three uh allowing him to be that third option up front uh with benteke and taxi um with Taxi being able to play more of that 11 role partner alongside Christian and he be more of that along with that 10 with glitch. I don't know. I, I'm kind of confused by the whole thing, but that is what 
Goff is reporting that that's what probably would be the way United's thinking about this. I'm kind of, we, we also have to mention United has to make this move before April 24th at the end of their transfer window for MLS. I'm kind of, look, I understand that uh, Mil Sad's come in. He was the natural replacement for Martin Rodriguez, who tore the ACL. But we also, based on his performance that we saw, you could clearly see that there's a little rust there. There were some shots that he was taking, well, some plays that he was taking, dribbling opportunities that he was making that, you know, had he had some more time to be on this roster, spent time in the offseason with United, he'd have been more ready. I'm more interested in what else United is looking for. They still they reportedly have their director of scouting out on assignment on Portugal, their technical directors out in France. What else are they looking at? I am more in that interested. I'm, I'm more curious in that aspect. Tyler Miller has not really come, you know, United. everyone at United yesterday kept talking about we surrendered another goal, five goals in three matches. That's not good. So I'm interested to see if there's a goalkeeper coming in, if they think that they need to look out, if they need to, you know, make some changes on the goalkeeping side, or if they plan to bring in another center back or wing back. I, I think it's, I'm more interested in those roles. This in particular, I, I'm I'm not so sh- keen on it just for the sake of having. And he's not even a big name. I'm not trying to disrespect him. It's more of like, what what's the end game? Tell me why you're bringing him. Like, what what do you hope he adds to this team? Because really, this team just needs another dribbler. And maybe I'm just not more well-informed on O'Brien, but I don't see him as the dribbling type that takes people one-on-one. Maybe I need to research a little more. I admit my ignorance here. Um, But I'm curious as to what the team sees him as going forward, if he's brought in. Yeah, that's kind of just the million-dollar question you have when it comes to Lewis O'Brien. Also, I got to admit my ignorance on not knowing much about him. But it's good. It's going to be interesting how he fits into the into this team. Uh, but I feel like there's going to be they're probably going to bring in a goalkeeper just to help out that situation. Because again, when you give up five goals in three matches, it's not a very good look. And we're not saying that Tyler Miller is a horrible goalkeeper. He's a pretty capable goalkeeper. It's just one of those things that I feel like DC United is trying to address early. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of moves they make. But also, like, there, there is that question of how does Lewis O'Brien fit into this system? What, uh, is he, does he meet the criteria that Wayne Rooney is looking for in a midfielder? So all, all those questions come into play uh, about just pretty much about how he's going to fit in and also what other positions they would like to fill or have more depth in going forward. Yeah, it will be good. Just so people are aware, you know, um, this is not a venture. You know, he's appeared in 13 of four. This is 19 Premier League matches. He started six, uh, scored once. Uh, this is a guy who's brought up when when um, Forrest came up from when Forrest was brought up to the Premier League. They had eliminated his team. Um, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Um, 
and he was brought up as one of the players that can make a difference for them when they moved up to the Premier League. Uh, he last year with his with Huddersfield, he um, he's well not last year, but across two, all competitions for Huddersfield, he made 131 appearances, scored eight goals. So he's not a goal scoring type, but he's probably more of a provider, more uh, of of more of a stable role in the midfield. Again, it will be more. It will be interesting to hear more when if he's officially announced as a player here and where he f- falls. We have to remember: is he a DP? Is he a Tam deal player? Like we, he's value. His contract value at ten million dollars. So he would. If DC wanted to buy out the contract, let's say he's like the next Cristiano Ronaldo, he's ten million dollars. Like again, I, I they already have three DPs, so where are you gonna do that? So it's all confusing. Uh, hopefully, more information comes out this week. Again, this is speculation and multiple reports on it, but it seems like when you have the Post and the Athletic confirming these reports and. He's not on the official 25-man roster for Forrest because of the transfer window. We're going to get more confirmation on his status and if he becomes a DCNI player in the future. Uh, We wanted to end this more on a happy note, and that is video games. Because EA Sports has announced that it is adding the NWSL as part of FIFA 23, the video game. That is available on multiple consoles, I think all consoles, really, minus probably the 3DS, uh, but all consoles or and PC. And PC. Um, in a statement, uh, EA mentions, like, this is a miles. Uh, Jessica Berman, the commissioner of the NWSL, mentions this was a milestone moment. Uh, the players call, that call the NWSL home are considered one of the best in the world, and it's, we're excited to showcase our talent through this important and unique gaming platform so starting on march 15th that's later this week all platforms will have uh all access to all 12 nwsl teams they will be presented on the uh kickoff turn uh, mode as well as tournament head-to-head season co-op season and online friendlies and this will also include four nwsl specific stadiums along with authentic kits starter heads trophies and celebrations the deal is un- together with the NWSLPA. Uh, players have also been involved with uh, the promotion of this deal thus far. We've seen a lot of videos of players learning their ratings and, and multiple things uh, and how excited players are to be a part of the game. Mario, what are your thoughts on the NWSL? Added on FIFA, you're you're a more recent FIFA than I a player than I am, so you you play the current games more than I do. So, what are your thoughts on the NWSL being added? All right, first of all, I get to recreate Ashley Sanchez dropping Allie Krieger off her ankles, and you get to do it on a professional field. Remember that? Uh, what are you incurring violence for? Like this is just absurd. <laughs> like you just want violence on violence. Like, it's unnecessary. Uh, not violence on violence, but I just like to recreate a moment in history. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think this is awesome. You know, uh, you thought that having when they first added women's teams, I think around, if I'm not mistaken, either FIFA 19 or FIFA 20. 
was something that you could that people were excited about. This is even more exciting because I want in FIFA 23 they already have the uh, the women's pre- uh, women's Premier League in England, and I forget what other league, but just getting the chance to play to play as your favorite as your favorite NWSL team in in a game such as FIFA. It's pretty unique. I think this is an exciting time. It, it's just exciting just to see the just to see that the NWSL will get the opportunity to not only be showcased in a bigger platform. I know people are like, you would think, oh, video games. Well, I'm like, yeah, video games is a proper platform to get more exposure to your league. So and give more exposure to the players that are playing in the league. And also Man, who isn't going to pass up the chance to pretty much score on you playing as Trinity Rodman? Come on, man. Pretty awesome. Well, we already know that they're putting her Bambi celebration. It was part of the it was part of the the intro video. Her with uh, Ashley Sanchez. They did the they did the Bambi celebration last year, so they put that in the game. So that's a good inclusion. Um, FIFA 15 was the one, if I remember correctly, that they first included the women's FIFA, FIFA 16, 15 or 16 around there. Uh, Morgan, Alex Morgan was in the cover of 16, but 15 or 16 was when they first added uh, international women's teams. They added uh, this year, they they with the update with the NWSL, which is getting all the attention, they're adding the Women's Champions League, they're adding Real Madrid. They're adding uh, multiple new teams that will be a part of the rest of the world section. Um, so that includes Wolfsburg, Juventus, and I, I, uh, Frankfurt. Um, they'll be added on. Um, they, it's weird that they don't have the La Liga League, but they have Barcelona and Real Madrid, which is okay. Interesting. But you'll get the Women's Champions League now going forward. Um, I believe they have the French Women's League and the the Premier English, yeah, the English, English Super League, the English Women's Super League. Um, and so those are the leagues that I do remember. Um, I, I'm excited for this. I purposely remember getting Viva 15. That's the one with Dempsey on the cover. But I remember getting you a 15 or 16, whichever one of the two, when they first had the women's first included. Just because I thought it was cool, and I think I spent like the first month and a half playing that game on just the U.S. Women's National Team. I think I think I speak for the majority of gamers when I say this. Yeah, you do want to play from the bottom and bring in eighth division, you know, scumful United up from you know the eighth division all the way up. I kind of want to play with the best teams. That's why a lot of people play. Go ahead. I have a friend that brought up Wickham Wanderers from whatever division in England they were in, in FIFA 14, and he would be like, I want to bring them up. So he'd bring up, like, random players such as Alejandro Tumacero. That's <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. I think you're kind of right. You want to play with the best teams on FIFA. That's why people play FIFA. They play for uh, foot, uh, the ultimate team aspect. They don't really play career mode and stuff like that anymore. But people who do, me, uh, we like the ability to play with those rosters and build our squads and things like that. I like playing with the U.S. Women's National Team. I think it, it, even though the current iteration I haven't played recently, um, 
I bet it would be a lot of fun now with all those <laughs> spacey wingers. Um, but the one thing I had an issue with, and we kind of discussed it pre-podcast, was the ratings. There's not a spirit player in the top 10. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the top 10 going, huh? They give Kristen Press in 86. And at what? It, how? That, that's the one thing I have. Okay, okay. How? I think that there needs to be some explanation here in this podcast. Behind the scenes, me and Mario, we're, we're Kristen Press fans, or at least I am. The problem is I, because of my experience playing video games and being working at GameStop, I have a problem when the player's been injured and unavailable to play consistently for three years and has a high rating. You would see that, and, and Madden was always the biggest culprit of this, where you would get a player that's been in and out of a lineup for three or four years or returns back, and they're suddenly still like an 86. And you're just like, we, we're assuming this, right? Now, Kristen Press did have a good start to last year. She scored that good goal against the Spirit. Not going to take that away from her. However, she had the injury. She's been in and out for three years. I remember vividly her specifically saying during COVID, yikes, not going to play during COVID. She was one of those first players that were like, I'm not going to do that to myself. And so we come into the video game and to be ranked as one of the top 10 when I have yet to see a top 10 performance since that one goal against the Spirit for the game winner is kind of suspect for me. I digress. I don't like the spirits ratings because look King, Aubrey Kingsbury back-to-back goalkeeper of the year I understand that she's not the top rated player on that team in my opinion so for those who don't know Aubrey Kingsbury is overall 84 top of the team then you go to Trinity Rodman at 83 Ashley Sanchez 82 Ashley Hatch 82 Andy Sullivan is an arguably very low 81 then everyone is 79 and below. You have Sam Staub at 78, Jordan Baggett 77, Amber Brooks at 77, uh, Bailey Fife 76, and Cameron Belowski rounding out the top five. I mean the top ten. That's crazy for a former. It's it has been less than a, it's been more than a year ago when they were champions, and you're telling me that oh. Would they have lost this much credibility? Like, first off, Andy Sullivan should be higher than 81. Two, Trey Rodman is the engine of this team. Yes, she's, like, second in pace. Yes, muscle, strength, she's got to be second or third. But she's the best off. Yes, I understand Kingsbury is the best goalkeeper, second best goalkeeper or the first best goalkeeper, depending on how you view things. 84, I'm fine with the actual rating, but... Her being the top-rated player on this team when there have been questionable flubs last year. Uh, her availability has been suspect. She's she's ranked like second or third in the women's national team. I, I'm Also, Sam Saab had an excellent year last year. She just was in a partnered line with a, a crappy back four that was never stable the entire season. She's probably the best passing defender in the NWSL. She's the highlight of that defense last year. Exactly. And so I her getting a 78, that's just that's like when that's like when back in the day before he became famous, they like they put Cristiano Ronaldo at a 79. And you're like, wait a minute, this speed demon, this dribbling master is a 79. Uh can I take him over and make him into a monster? <laughs> Not happening. Or with or Leo Messi at an 86. When you were like, 
yeah, I know he's 19, but dude's like the best dribbler on the squad next to uh, Ronaldinho. Mario was going to argue with me, but at the time, him and Messi were killing people. And so when you put him in the video, Leo Messi Messi literally recreated the Maradona goal in 1986 where he just took on every defender during a Copa del Rey game. And you tell me that guy's an 82, out of here. Exactly. So I'm just saying, I've seen Trinity Robin do some things where I'm like, uh, that's uh, Trinity Robin should be an 86. Arguably, she could be a 90. Like, I know that we, 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 I know that right now, 90 is where the FIFA ratings aren't what they used to be in terms of like when we were younger and how like they when gave they away something. Well, they used to give away these 90s like candy. <laughs> like right yeah, now, there are several. There are several put, actually, Zlatan Ibrahimovic had a 99 rating at some point in time. Great forward. I'm just like, does he really deserve a 99 rating? Well, like to give you an example, they released the top 10, right? The best of the U, the NWSL, right? You just mentioned. As you wanted to recreate Ashley Sanchez dropping Ali Krieger. Do you know what Ali Krieger's rated? And this is no slight to Ali Krieger. DC na- DC M- DMV native. 82. How? <laughs> How? How? <laughs> <laughs> Yet they're struggling to give out 90s, and the only 90 player is Alex Morgan. Well-deserved, 90s properly rated, in my opinion. Uh, 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 Sophia Smith, 87, could be a little higher, but properly rated. Uh, Sheridan from the San Diego, probably the best keeper last year, 85. I'm down with that. You know, I'm not going to get mad at her. That's why I said Kingsbury's properly rated at 84, when you look at that. So, but Dabinia, 88. Properly rated. I feel like they got a lot of they got a lot right, but then there's just like things like Ali Krieger eighty two. Like how? One of the worst back lines last year. Like correct me wrong. Like part at thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, nah, nah, Spence, uh, nah. I, I'd give her eighty, <laughs> maybe a seventy nine, but. Not that we're hating on Allie Krieger. It's just that, yeah, man, age is catching up there. It catches up to everybody in the world of, of pro soccer. So, you know, it, it, that one, it is what it is. But I feel like some of these ratings that some of these players got that aren't properly rated is because they're U.S. women's national team members. That's that's it. That, that, that's pretty much the reason why somebody like Megan Rapido and Knock it. Megan Rapido had a great season last year. Had an 83. 86. Was rated 86. See? She yeah, was rated 86. 86. Meanwhile, Mallory uh, Swanson, who had a comeback year, is 87. Barely won over Megan Rapino. And I'm like, look, man, Megan Rapino has probably, it, it will go down in history as one of the best crossing midfielders. And then converting midfielders into attackers in the game. Like, that's just not going to be a lie. However, video game purposes, 
Man, give me Swanson, give me Lavelle when healthy, give me Rodman, give me Morgan. Like, give Ashley, me that Sanchez, Ashley Sanchez should be at 86, in my opinion. <laughs> but again, they're, they're so something at FIFA, they've reasoned like in the past recent years, and, and this could tell you why I haven't played recently, also because. New consoles are expensive, Daddy. Uh, you just, you, you just, you're, you're not good. New consoles are expensive. What can I tell you? And so, they're the ratings. They they're trying to like perfect the little things and stuff. I'm like, man, I'm just playing to be. I'm trying to have fun, man. And I'm happy overall. I'm I'm overall happy. I I, I want Audi Field included so I can laugh. <laughs> but they, they they won't add that yet. But I, I, I know, overall, I know. But you know, if they do add Audi Field, they should spot us from the press box during the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could just add the developers to call up Romelu Hill at us in the game. This is in the press box. It would be great. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, shoving shoving down uh, George and Howe cupcakes as we do during uh, during the season. But. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just happy that they're included. I'm happy they're playable. I can't wait till there's a career mode purpose with the women's more more of an easier career mode that involves you playing in the NWSL similarly to where you would play in MLS and the Premier League and all that stuff. I think with these new consoles it allows that to happen much easier. So I hope that that happens and they're already confirmed. One of the first leagues already confirmed for the new version of the video game with EA that won't be named uh, FIFA going forward. It'll be uh, EA Football Club. So it'll be fun. Uh, I will have fun whenever I can purchase this game for the P4. I know I'm already have fun. I already got FIFA 23 for the PS4. I can't wait for the update, baby. You'll see me out here you see me out here talking smack online, be like, yeah, I just crossed you out your life opportunity, Rod, man! So, on that note, because Mario needs to go practice the game, we're going to let you go. <laughs> uh, so, so, that's enough for us today. So, Mario, go ahead and kick us off. Tell people where they can find out more about you. All right, you want to find out what I'm working on or you just want me to give you life tips on how to properly cross out someone on FIFA, you can follow me on Twitter, at MarioMaya1. You want to know what's going on in the world around you? I just want to know what's going on in the DMV. You can follow El Tiempo Latino on Twitter, too, at El Tiempo Latino. You can go on their website, ElTiempoLatino.com. And if you just want to put money in my pocket because you like my personality, you can go get yourself a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local newsstand or metro station today. And as always, special shout out to Ken McLeod and Impotech for the intro music. Remember to rate and subscribe as always on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and all your audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Battle and Brazil podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Adios.